The Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 24. Welcome back to the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. I'm Jim Gaston, your host. In the last episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we reviewed the book Alice in Blunderland by Alan Fotheringham, published in 1982. This book, written by a Canadian journalist known as Dr. Foth, takes a critical and often humorous look at politics in Canada. Dr. Foth believes that the residents of British Columbia, and specifically Vancouver, may experience Polynesian paralysis because of the relaxed lifestyle and temperate climate of that region is so different from most other areas in Canada. Today we head back to Hawaii to look at the book Hawaii Recalls, written by DeSoto Brown in 1982. The full title of this book is Hawaii Recalls, Selling Romance to America, Nostalgic Images of the Hawaiian Islands, 1910-1950. DeSoto Brown was born in the territory of Hawaii on January 23, 1954, as David Tudor Brown, the son of a well-known family in Honolulu. His family home was on the western slope of Diamond Head Crater and had a private swimming pool and a tennis court. During the interview with Holly Yamada in 1998, he describes why he changed his name to DeSoto. As a teenager, David was interested in old stuff, and he had heard of the DeSoto cars made by Chrysler Corporation from 1928 to 1961. So in the 1970s, DeSoto was a funny-sounding, old-fashioned type thing to a teenager in Hawaii. Then in 1972, he watched a TV program called Emergency, where two young firefighter paramedics named Gage and DeSoto rescued people. David liked the name DeSoto, and he decided to start using it as his first name because it would be nostalgic-sounding and it had a nice ring to it. So from then on, he would be known as DeSoto Brown. His family would still continue to call him David, but to everyone else, he was DeSoto Brown. DeSoto attended school in Honolulu and learned Japanese at an early age. In 1961, he attended first grade in Boston while his father earned an advanced degree in management at Harvard Business School. DeSoto enjoyed reading and writing, but not math. Following a family tradition, he would attend boarding school in Connecticut for a few years, but he did not like the cold winters and he longed to return to the warm tropical climate of Hawaii. By the 11th grade, he refused to return to the mainland to attend boarding school, so his parents allowed him to finish his high school education in Hawaii. But in his senior year, he dropped out and never graduated. However, he wasn't able to enroll at Hawaii Loa College where he studied Japanese and earned a college degree. But his passion was collecting. He liked collecting old vinyl records even as a kid. Later, he would go to a local radio station, and they would let him play some of his old records. And after a while, he was hired to do a one-hour radio show that would air on Saturday and Sunday mornings. He also collected a lot of pop culture promotional material, and advertising material, which he included in his first book, Hawaii Recalls, which we look at today. While doing volunteer work at the Bishop Museum in Honolulu, 
He was excited to discover all the many photos and historical items donated to the museum, which needed to be processed and archived. Starting as a volunteer in 1981, he was offered a full-time job in 1987. DeSoto is currently the historian of the Bishop Museum, and according to the museum website, he is the longtime gatekeeper of the archives at the Bishop Museum, where he helps information seekers unearth all manners of treasures from the vast collection of Hawaiian history. His book, Hawaii Recalls, Selling Romance to America, Nostalgic Images of the Hawaiian Islands, 1910-1950, is divided into three sections, the setting, the culture, and the visitor. The first section describes the Hawaiian Islands and includes their history, information about the volcanoes, the sky, the oceans, the fruits and flowers. The second section is about the Hawaiian people, their music, hula dancing, surfing, fishing, and the importance of the Hawaiian lei, one Hawaiian custom that endures. The custom of stringing these colorful and fragrant flowers into garlands makes one of Hawaii's most dearly loved rituals. The third section of the book is about the many visitors who have arrived on the Hawaiian shores in boats and planes. Tourism is an important part of the Hawaiian economy, and they have the hotels and souvenirs to prove it. There is also information about the many movies about Hawaii, many of them filmed in Hawaii. As DeSoto describes in the introduction, his book, Hawaii Recalls, is not about reality. It's about fantasy. He writes, it's a description of Hawaii that was developed over a period of about 40 years by people who were promoting the islands. During this time, from about 1910 up through the 1950s, an imaginary version of Hawaii was fabricated by the businesses that really needed to make the rest of the world aware of the islands, the steamship companies and airlines, the tour guide and car rental firms, and even the pineapple growers and aloha ware manufacturers. These businesses, and even Hawaii itself, became increasingly dependent on tourism for their economic well-being, and everyone knows that creating a good reputation and keeping it strong were essential for success. They were selling the romance of Hawaii. DeSoto hopes that the words and illustrations included in his book will transport the reader to a tropical island haven where hula girls strum their ukuleles under the moonlit palms and care and worry are taboo. DeSoto begins the first section of his book by stating the following, There is one fact about Hawaii that no one can dispute. It is very beautiful. Not only is its weather divinely soothing, a happy result of being placed just right in the Pacific Ocean, but it is also graced with scenery that ranges from the calmly peaceful to the exhilarating to the spectacular. Rich tropical vegetation delights the eye, and sometimes the nose as well, when the island's countless flowers come into bloom, while beneath the surface of the sea swim dazzlingly colored fish. Even the skies above the islands are exciting to view, filled as they are with brilliant rainbows and gorgeous sunsets, and at night a moon that seems to be hung there for romance. 
On page 20 is a quote about Diamond Head Crater on the island of Oahu, one of the most famous images of Hawaii. The quote is from the book Waikiki Beachnik by H. Allen Smith, the same book we reviewed in the fourth episode of the Polynesian Paralysis podcast. H. Allen Smith wrote, Diamond Head is the true symbol of Hawaii and one of the most readily identifiable landmarks on Earth. Its likeness may be found on purple satin pillow slips, framing a poem about mother, branded into wallets, printed on aloha shirts, embossed on compacts, engraved on ukuleles, carved from Hawaiian woods, and pictured on souvenir dinnerware. In the section about Hawaiian culture, DeSoto describes the activities in Hawaii, such as hula dancing and the luau, which sadly have lost their original meaning, which made them living traditions. Today, many of these Hawaiian traditions are often done for tourist entertainment, little more than empty actions, just to put on a show. He notes that this condition is not limited to Hawaii. It's true all over the world. But ironically, the tourism that, on one hand, has served to undermine true Hawaiian traditions has also assisted in preserving them as part of Hawaii's distinctiveness. Tourists to Hawaii have awakened Hawaiians to the need to preserve these remnants of their culture before they're lost forever. The final section of the book is about visitors to Hawaii first by steamship and later by plane. Passengers could take a steamship to Hawaii starting in the 1860s, a trip that would take five to seven days from the West Coast. The first commercial passenger plane service was a 16-hour flight from the West Coast on Pan American Airways starting in November 1935. Today, the same flight takes about five hours on a modern commercial jet. Once in Hawaii, many men visitors would change out of their suits and ties in order to wear an aloha shirt. On page 110, DeSoto includes another quote from H. Allen Smith's book, Waikiki Beachnik. Smith writes, To arrive in Hawaii and then switch abruptly to one of those kaleidoscopic shirts with violent reds and wild blues and insane yellows, that is no procedure for a sensitive man to follow. Besides the many visitors to Hawaii, Hollywood also arrived in 1923 to film a silent romantic drama movie in black and white titled The White Flower. The movie Bird of Paradise was filmed in Hawaii in 1932 and was one of the first movies to use full symphonic music from beginning to end. In 1942, Betty Garble would star in the movie Song of the Islands. On page 127, DeSoto mentions Polynesian paralysis in relation to the movie Song of the Islands. He claims that Betty Grable's dad still lives in the tropic and has long been seized by Polynesian paralysis, unlike his daughter when she's leading her chorus group through an extremely energetic dance performance, cellophane hula skirts and all. The movie Song of the Islands bore the misfortune of terrible timing since it was released in early 1942, only a month or so after the Pearl Harbor tragedy. No one wanted to be reminded of the Pacific when it seemed that all the news coming from there was scary, and so the film did poorly at the box office. 
But many more movies would be filmed in Hawaii over the years, including Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Hunger Games, Jamani, King Kong Skull Island, and Pirates of the Caribbean, just to name a few. One of the best-known TV shows filmed in Hawaii is the original Hawaii Five-O, with the capital letter O, which aired on CBS from the late 1960s to early 1980s, and the remake of this show, Hawaii Five-O, with a zero instead of the capital letter O, which also aired on CBS from 2010 to 2020. Gilligan's Island and Magnum P.I., both the 1980s version with Tom Selleck and the current 2018 reboot, were also filmed in Hawaii. Of course, these movies and TV shows created after 1960 are not included in DeSoto Brown's book, Hawaii Recalls. He focused on Hawaii during the years 1910 to 1950. Having been born and raised in Hawaii, DeSoto has a unique perspective on the Hawaiian culture and has preserved many unique and wonderful examples of the romanticized illustrations that were used to create the dream paradise of Hawaii in the early to mid-1900s. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we review a book by Helen Bevington titled The Journey is Everything, A Journal of the Seventies, published in 1983. Until then, I hope you'll take a few minutes each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis, the sensible approach to mindfulness.